Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome to the Kitchen Table this week. We're starting a series that will be about three episodes in length, where we are going to be talking really practically about tools we can use with our kids, but understanding it from a biblical sense of how does this actually help us walk and talk with our kids about Jesus, which is what we are called to do as um, believers, as people who know the beauty of the gospel, we're called to walk and talk about it. And I think sometimes we just need the real practical tools. How do we do that? So over the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about looking at these are some tools. This is how they relate to the overarching goal of creating space to to have gospel-centered conversations with our children. And then honing that and using that inside of our home to have peace, to communicate well, to communicate in life-giving ways to our children, and therefore parent confidently. So the bird's eye view of the coming weeks, the coming series, is going to look at three main areas. Today, we're going to be looking at how do we help our children have character growth, interest growth, how do we help develop who they are in their own personhood. Next week, we're going to be talking about how do we help them grow interpersonally? How do we help them in their relationships with us, with their siblings, with friends, and then ultimately inside of school or work experiences? And then the final one will be how do we help them have a kingdom mindset to be thinking long term about who they're becoming, who they're following? How do we help engage them in really practical ways, real life moments, truly the tools in a toolbox that you can carry around as a mom. Today, we're going to be looking at character growth, their own personhood growth. But before we do that, I want to say, set this all in scriptural space. Because again, anything we do, if it is just man's opinion and it sounds like a good idea, I think it is folly. And some of these ideas that I'm going to offer you are truly just ideas. They're tools. And you can try them and feel free to message me on Instagram at Bethany Kimsey or go to my website, BethanyKimsey.com and send me a message there. Feel free to talk to me about these things, but they're merely tools. They're recommendations. They're things that have worked with one, two, or all seven and eight of my kids. But what we are called to do is clearly defined in scripture. And we want to be 
warrior moms who stand in the word of God as we engage with our kids in a culture that is absolutely against that. So where does it say in the word that we should engage with our kids and what does it say? Well, today I'm going to introduce you to a passage. I'm sure you've read it, but if you haven't, we're going to talk about it in very short amounts of time here. And then over the next couple of weeks, we're going to break it open more and more. But this passage is in Deuteronomy. This is when Moses is leading the Israelites into, they're getting ready to go into the promised land. This is the final conversation that Moses is having with the people. And it is the introduction of the law and the Ten Commandments. And he says in chapter 6, he has just given the Ten Commandments to the Hebrew people, the Israelites. And then he says, Hear, O Israel. And this is verse 4. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, lest we think this is just an Old Testament command given only to the Israelites, which sometimes we have to be careful about. There are things that are like that, but this is something that Jesus, he is asked in the New Testament, tell us what is the greatest commandment? And he answers, this is in Matthew 22, verse uh, 37. He said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophet. This is the lifestyle. This is the sign that we are his people, is how we love. First John 4 backs it up again when John is now talking and he is saying, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. He goes on in that passage to say, Your love for man, for others, is significant because it declares a life that is abiding in God that has been saved because they've experienced God's love, and they are loving God by loving others. So I want to say all that to say, first of all, that this passage in the Old Testament is for us. It is consistent in God's word. But what does it say? It calls us to be moms who love, right? Love the Lord with all of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our strength. That means we have to live a life that pursues God, who know, that knows God, who is experiencing an active, active in the word and active in prayer. And then we are to be a people who talk about it with our kids all the time. Moses says here, talk about it diligently with your children. Talk about it when you sit in your house. Talk about it when you walk, by the way, meaning when you're moving around. Talk about it when you lay down. Talk about it when you get up. Put it on your hands so that you see it. Put it right in front of your eyes so that you see it. It's ever before you. Hang it up in your house, Moses says. Put it on your doorpost. Put it on your gates. Declare that you are God's, that you love a God who has loved you first. So that's why 
wherein we're about to talk about great tools of a toolbox, we're going to anchor in this scripture because we are called to be a people set apart and different who love the Lord our God with all of our hearts, all of our minds, all of our strength, and we talk about it with our kids. So I'm going to introduce ideas to you, tools for you to be using, but I want to place it in this context. Later on in Deuteronomy 6, Moses says, he goes, and when your son asks you in time to come, meaning you're talking about God, you're sharing all that God has done, you're speaking of what he has done for you, talking to the Hebrews, they're being, they've been rescued from Egypt, they've wandered now in the wilderness, they're coming into the promised land, they're about to see God do massive work. And then he says, so you've been talking about God, and finally your son will finally one day go, this says, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded to you, mom? So there's, there's a, a coming day where conversations, gospel-centered conversations begin to happen. And Moses says, well, then you shall say to your son and you'll begin to give testimony. So there is a both and here. We are to pattern our lives in a way that is talking constantly and showing constantly our love for the Lord, our God, because he is our rescuer and it's ever in front of us. It's ever before us. It's always on our lips. And then we're also ready when the day comes, when our child goes. So tell me what this is all about. Tell me. So today we're going to be talking about tools that begin to set up or set in place opportunities to then tell me, if you will. Today's tools, we're going to be looking at four. We're going to be looking at catechism. We're going to be looking at room time, read aloud, reading aloud, and simply reading in summertime. Some of these seem super basic, but we're going to break them down as to what would be our purpose behind them and why would be we become a people group? Why would we be moms who go, you know, these things are important. They're important for the character development of my child. They're important so that one day we can have gospel-centered conversations. They're important because they will allow me to be a, a mother who is actively loving the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my mind, and all my strength. We're going to run through a a few of them quickly, and we're going to spend a little bit of time on one. The ones we're going to run through quickly, catechism. Have you ever, do you even, I'm wondering if you even know what catechism means. The idea of a catechism is it is beginning to teach into our children the truths about God, about Jesus, about sin, about creation, the major truths of the word of God in a learning method that they can truly just memorize it. It is not memorizing and fully understanding necessarily. So if you have very little ones, my little ones have begun to learn catechism questions. And so they're set as questions and they have learned the answer to the questions long before they've had the understanding of all that goes along with that answer that they have learned. Quite frankly, I have gone through seasons where I'm good at this and seasons where I'm not very good at this. But I always return to beginning again to teach the truths of our Christian faith to our children. We like to use, and I have used many times, um, an app called New City Catechism. I have it on my phone. 
It's called New City Catechism. It's um, uh, put out by uh, Tim Keller's organization. And so, for instance, the question would be, what is our only hope in life and death? And the answer that for that child is that we are not our own, but we belong to God. That is our hope. Do my kids, when they're very young and they know that answer, do they know all aspects of that answer and understand it? No. No, they don't. But they are learning it. So the next one is, what is God? And the answer is, God is the creator of everyone and everything. There are basic truths that I want to plant those seeds down deep in my child's heart and mind. Because they will ultimately come out later, just like it says in Deuteronomy 6, when my son, when your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning? These are the things we're planting inside for character growth, for personhood development that will come out later in conversations. The next thing is reading aloud to your children. I am very purposeful. We have been very purposeful over the years. The power of reading to your kids is huge. Now, secularly, we know that. I mean, anybody will tell you the best thing you can do for your child from when they're very, very little is read to them. My encouragement to you is read good books and have conversations. Are they being nice? Is that something that God would love for them to do? Is this something that is kind to another person? Oh no, do you think they feel sad? Beginning to engage in questions about what you're reading from a very young age with picture books can become a place where character development is easily seeded into the conversation. And then later on, we begin to layer on top of that as understanding grows. Well, what would scripture say about this situation in this book. And there's obviously countless literature that's amazing that takes children on amazing adventures. We love reading the Chronicles of Narnia and we read straight through all seven. Um, in, uh, and I've done it several times. My kids have heard it several times. We've read through Many books that are not necessarily Christian oriented, but they're adventure books that speak to being brave and having courage and right and wrong and good and evil and having those character conversations while you are reading aloud, while they're going on an adventure. The other part of this and why reading aloud is so great for our kids is number one, it ties your heart to theirs. It is time spent together. You can do it late at night before they're going to bed. Uh, Sometimes we do it early morning. Sometimes I've done it right after lunch um, when it's kind of like a quieter time of the day. And I only do it like a chapter, two chapters, not long. You know, leave them on a good cliffhanger. Make them want to read tomorrow and come back for more. But again, these are the places where we can begin to have discernment conversations and help them see what would be wise for this person to do, what should be their next step, and layer that kind of talk into an experience that is very heart-binding for that child. That child It binds your heart to that child to read aloud with them. 
It really does. The other part about reading out loud, which is unique, and we're going to begin to now move into this kind of space, is when we are looking at our child with this long-term vision, and we're looking for character development, the other thing we're really looking for is we're beginning to look for creativity. We want to begin to help hone their creative strengths. We want to help hone their ability to be at rest, to be peaceful, to be content, And a lot of our culture is not those things. A lot of our culture has to do with being stimulated. And you and I, I know I struggle with it. My phone stimulates me. A TV, I'll watch a TV. I would do work on a computer. Even that can be stimulating, like eye stimulating. And research, we now know through research that all that stuff hits in our brain. It hits and gives like uh, hormone releases that make us want more of it and make us want more of it. And so we want to actually, in this pursuit of setting in place a relationship with this child, that we can begin to have gospel-centered conversations with this child. I promise you, you want to set in place. You can be content and quiet and thoughtful and restful and not be stimulated by looking at a phone, looking at a device, watching a TV. You can lay on the couch and look at the ceiling and listen to mama read. And that is hard for me as a mama because it requires me to actually have to sit down and engage. And I will tell you that there have been seasons in my life where I have a nursing baby. And so what I have chosen to do, and I think it's just as fine. And I'm going to give you this idea because it's just as fine I simply know that the best time for reading aloud to happen is when I need to nurse a baby. And so I will choose to read aloud a book that also has an audio read aloud. And so if I can read the chapter, that's great. But if I can't, because I have to go nurse a baby and this is the time of day where it's going to be the best, then I will hit play on the CD player or on the Kindle audio or however you want to do that, and let my children listen to a narrator. And there are times where I've sat right there and nursed, but I'm not reading because I'm too tired to read. But I'm with them in the moment, and we're listening, and I'm nursing the newborn, and they're listening to the book, and we can have conversations about it, and we're still inside of the same experience. So it is key. It is a beautiful place. The third is reading. Now again, we have to get to a certain age with our children, but this is going to tie into the fourth where we're going to spend the last bit of our time, which is something called room time. Remember at the beginning of this passage that I read to you, Moses says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And then Jesus says, the greatest commandment for you is that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the greatest commandment. And oftentimes in motherhood, this is where it gets hard because there's not all this beautiful, wonderful time for me to sit alone with God and learn how to love him and read the word and see where he loves me. There's not all this time to pray, to have conversation with God, to share where I'm struggling, to 
listen for his voice to tell me what to do next and how to walk this out with a child. But yet, this is the commandment. I think for a lot of us, man, this gets really guilt-laden. Because then you hear people who will say, well, get up earlier than your kids. And yeah, I think there have been definitely there are seasons where I can get up ahead of my kids. And I should. But those are the seasons where I don't have young babies. I'm just being honest. I am not a morning person anyway. And if I have young babies and I'm getting up in the night, it is hard for me to get up in the morning. 45 minutes ahead of the the people sleeping to have my quiet time. I have been known to fall asleep in my quiet time at the kitchen table when I've tried to do that. But what I have found to be the most effective way for me to have time with God, to sit with Jesus and to hear from the Holy Spirit is to use room time. And subsequently, as my kids have gotten older and they can read, Room time can morph into reading time. So what is this? Well, what room time is in our home is a set-aside amount of time where the child is playing independently, creatively, safely in a good environment where I am not in the same room. We are not in communication. They are in their place, and I have the ability to be in mine. This is not the time that I use to do chores around the house, but it is the time for my self-care. And y'all, the best self-care you can give yourself is time with Jesus in the Bible, with worship music playing in a little, with a good cup of coffee, if that's your thing, cup of tea, if that's your thing, whatever makes you feel the coziest and the most at rest, you need it. And room time will create that time for you in your day. So let me teach you really quickly how to have it. I have started room time with my children when they're very, very young. So I'm going to share it with you that way. I'm going to teach it to you that way. But I know, recognizing, most of you don't just have this brand new baby that you had yesterday. So you're like, well, great. You have not missed the boat. You can teach this to your children Whenever I've sat with many, many moms and helped them figure out how to integrate room time into their schedules, into their lifestyle, no matter the age of their child. So, but the way this is, is number one, the first point is this is something that your child learns. So they're growing their muscles in this. It will not be natural or easy for most children to have room time. Why? Because You are their source. You are their source of contentment, of nurture, of love, of food, of conversation, of um, feeling safe. You're their source. That's how it's as it should be because you're their mom. But they can have space where they begin to learn to be independent of you. Now, we're talking about little ones who don't they don't understand this. So they, you know, they follow us everywhere, don't they? So how do we begin to teach this to them? Well, we come with the understanding that this is something we are teaching and we're growing their muscles in. So we're looking for small incremental improvements over time. We're growing their room time time. What I do is this. If my child cannot climb out of a crib, they're still in their crib and they cannot climb out. I will start room time 
with a baby who only can lay on their back. And I will let it be a mobile that they watch floating around. And I will usually hook onto the sides of their crib a couple of visual things for them to look at. And I will play uh, worship lullaby music in their room. I have found, personally, I prefer buying a bunch of uh, CD players or, you know, Alexa players, whatever you're comfortable with. But having in that child's room, I usually just play a, a little worship CD that's of lullabies and letting the babies, even at very young ages, play. And when they're able to play on their tummy, then what I begin to do is I transition them to a pack and play. And they have a couple of rattles right in front of them and they can bob on their tummy. They can roll onto their back. They can hold their roll to the side and begin to play with their toys. Music is going and they're playing. Then they get to be sitting up. And now I'm going to begin to put some toys specifically around them and a couple of board books, a couple of manipulative, like those little cups that stack or blocks that are age appropriate and rattles again whatever's age-appropriate toys, two or three of different toys. So the set of blocks and a set of stacking rings and uh, maybe a a dolly or even their lovey, Um, maybe a book or two and one other little thing. So that's all they get. So they don't have unlimited access to all the toys ever. They don't get huge buckets. When they get a little bit bigger, I will actually put all the toys in a bucket and let them sort through it and rummage through it because little kids developmentally love to rummage and stuff. That's why your kids do the dump out game because they love to rummage. So if you can get, if you can learn that trick and get a bucket and fill it with very enticing, interesting things. And then the only thing, the only time they see these toys is when they're in room time. The music plays, there's a certain setting, you've set them in there. I always have given mine, people ask me this, I've always let mine have their passy during this time. If they suck a passy or, I mean, they're going to suck their thumb if they want to anyway. I don't care. that They can suck their passy and, you know, they can have a cup of water in there when they're older. It doesn't matter to me um, because I want them to learn. My goal here is I'm teaching you to be an independent, creative player interacting with your toys, content in your environment, thoughtful, and play is where this is learned with our little ones. It is the only place it is learned. You are not, your child will not learn these skills tapping into any visual stimuli of a phone. They're not going to learn these skills, but these skills are huge because what happens is when I begin to teach these skills and push these and help my child begin to learn how to interact with toys and quietly play, then it does actually transition to sitting at a table in a restaurant. And I bring two or three toys and they know how to play with the toys quietly while we enjoy a meal. It does transition to riding around in the the buggy at the grocery store and playing with a toy or looking at a book while I'm doing the grocery shopping. Because they begin to learn to be content within themselves and independent. And we want that. Why do we want that if we're talking about character development? Well, the reason is, is we want our children to be able to be in places and in environments where they can slow down. They can really absorb information. They can think. 
They can be thoughtful. And this is how it is done. Room time is key. It's significant. I promise you it's significant. When my child has transitioned out of a crib, they're no longer safe in a crib, right? So you put them into a bed. What do you do with your child? You no longer have this great pack and play to contain them. So the next step is I will get a gate and I will make sure their room is safe or there is a quiet room in our house that is safe for them. And I will allow them to play in there. And the rule is you can't come out. Now I only use the gate for a certain amount of time because what I'm also teaching into my child is when mommy says it's room time, you're going to stay in your room. I don't need to have a gate, but early on you do. And so, but we're talking about it. And, and again, music, limited amount of toys. They don't have every toy. Even if every toy is in their room, my children will pick. I'll let them choose X amount of toys. We put them in the middle of the room. Those are the toys they can play with because it's not a dump fest. It's not the opportunity to dump every single bucket in your room out and just throw stuff around. And they can sit with, and then they have some books that they can look at and they play. What is my goal for room time? My goal for room time ultimately is between 30 and 45 minutes of active play. When do I do it in the day? I choose to do it in the day when my children are the most alert and the happiest, most content. For young children, that is right after their breakfast. They've had a long night's sleep. They've got a new diaper. They've got a full belly and they're, they're before their morning nap. And for my children, that is when they've always been their happiest. As my kids have gotten older, I have used room time twice in a day, especially in summer months where the days feel like they're longer and less organized. And the reason I do it is I have one in the morning, which is a play. And when everybody begins to bicker and fuss and argue with one another in the afternoon, and I still have to do dinner prep, I will let everybody go to different quiet places and have room time there. Room time does not necessarily, if you have children who share rooms, all my kids have shared rooms. So one child when they're all in rooms, one child is in a room and another child gets to gather up the toys that they would like and they go to a different room in the house because room time is best done independently, not together. At the end of room time, I want to encourage you to really praise your child. The goal of room time is not that this is a fight, but I also understand that if you've never done this before, it may be a fuss and a fight for your child. And again, we're talking, we're going to start with five minutes of play. And what I mean by that is the minute my child stops arguing at the door saying they don't want to be in there or, you know, standing up in the pack and play wailing at me as I leave the room, but I actually hear them sit down and look at what I've put in the pack and play or turn around in the room and decide to play, I'll start my timer. And I'm looking for five to 10 minutes at first. And when that's done, that's it for the day. Those aren't the days I'm going to have a great quiet time. I'm going to just be able to breathe for a minute and sit with God and go, thank you for a few minutes. And then I'll go back in the room and be and say, ah, you did so great at room time. Well done. Did you have fun? Show me what you played with. Oh, did you ever think about doing this? And I'll kind of maybe say, what if I made this superhero save this other guy because he was falling in a pit and I would put the other play character in a bucket. Oh, he's in a pit and I'm inventing stories and I'm, I'm modeling playing 
for a few minutes and I listened to how they played and what their stories were if they were old if they're old enough to tell me I praise them we clean it all up and get it all ready for tomorrow and we say tomorrow I know you'll have so much fun tomorrow when you go back no we're not going to play with these toys anymore we're done with these today let's go get a snack let's go have fun together and we and I am so proud of you for being so big and then we keep going in the day tomorrow we're looking for five to ten minutes no fussing then we're looking for 10 minutes, no fussing. Then we're looking for 15 minutes. Then we're looking for 20 minutes and so on. My goal is between 30 and 45 minutes of play. The second I get all of my kids settled in all of their room times, I am going and getting my things and sitting down with Jesus. Is it always easy? No. Is there usually, does it always feel like there's one child who's the fussy one who doesn't want to do it? Yes. A lot of days. Is it worth it anyway? Yes. Can I encourage you? It is worth it. Feel free to direct, just DM me on Instagram if you've got a question. Send me an email on my, on my website. You can go. There is a place where you can speak into the, into the website and I can hear your question. Ask me what you want to ask me. I will help you brainstorm what will work best for your family even and give you ideas. I've worked with lots of mamas to help them figure this out. But this equips your child to become an independent player. And it gives you the breathing room you probably desperately need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and all your strength so that in the coming days, months, and years, you can continue to speak into them who God is and talk about him. But we need to be filled up in order for it to overflow out of us. And that requires that we, like Mary, sit at Jesus's feet and we learn from him. Thank you for joining me today at the kitchen table In the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about other tools that you can use to walk with your children in purposeful ways so that when they come to you and when they say, like it says in Deuteronomy 6.20, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded, we can tell them exactly what the gospel is all about. Because really, that's the greatest joy in motherhood, isn't it? To point to Jesus and to say, He loves you. As always, feel free to reach out to me. Feel free to ask questions. I love um, hearing your questions, and I love rejoicing with you. I would love to hear uh, mamas who tell me, I tried this. It works. It really, really works. Um, I cannot wait to hear those success stories as well. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.